Previously, on Two Grown Men. Someone the other day posted a clip. Um, they were interviewing the chairman of BAE Systems. And the interviewer was trying to get him to say that he felt that Saudi Arabia's human rights record was unacceptable. The, uh, the, the, the thing I think we get wrong all the time is we start far too far down the road in terms of questioning Yeah, because our liberal biases make us think that certain people will have um, thoughts about what we consider to be fundamental rights. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need to say to him, do you think the death and torture of another human being for what they believe is right or wrong. It's possible you're going to say, do you think Saudi Arabia are okay? And he's he's like, well, yeah, because I've done my mental calculations as to how I feel about human rights abuses. I'm all right with it. So this conversation's never going to go anywhere. And you shaming me isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because one of the things mm. I really wanted to talk about mm-hmm. relates to almost mm-hmm. exactly that. And I'll be quick because we are out of time. And really. I need a wee. And so, you need a wee. Yeah. Uh, the uh, we can talk about it in the next show we can talk about it in the next show we'll talk about it in the next show cliffhanger Um, I, I tried um, Scarlet Out on Faith No More this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, I got the best of, because um, uh, I've got Apple Music and it's Ace and I can get what I like. Mm-hmm. And also, because like, the albums will always have sweary tracks in them, yeah. but the best of is clean. Oh. She really dug it. She really liked them. I was pleased. It was one of the first, uh, actually... Um, Haven't you played her War Pigs before? Why do pro- I think Probably. That? I think she might have heard a bit of Sabbath, almost certainly. Mm. But um, I... Uh, uh, what was I saying? Hold on, it, it come to me. It's fine. Did you know that uh, the that the because this is a conversation that came up recently when my uh, parents in law were down that the reason part of the reason I only really knew mm. David Bowie as Bowie Bowie mm. Bowie. Bowie part of the reason I only really knew him as. Uh, some guy from the 70s who yeah. was in, in my charts mm. in the 80s and I kind of resented it along with Mick Jagger and a bit mm. Diana Ross a bit and people like that um, was because we had a Queen's Greatest Hits album it's the it's the Queen's Greatest e- Hits every house had the Queen's yeah. Greatest Hits and it's the black, black cover, cover red yeah, square with the with four them of them in. In, and they're wearing black jackets I think and it's they? got up and, and I realised that my memory of Queen even though they've been a huge part of my childhood and I think like a lot of people most mine people too. have grown up yeah, in this country too. but it all starts at that Greatest Hits album yeah. and then moves on so I, I know even though they weren't as good mm-hmm. and I was aware of that they weren't as good things like um, Breakthrough and stuff like that that came later I know those really well but I don't know and and I know Bohemian Rhapsody and all of those songs and Fat Bottom Girls and all that yeah. but I don't know anything else off those albums and Under Pressure isn't on that Greatest Hits album. Is that weird? It is. It's kind of weird. It's maybe, on David Bowie's Greatest Hits. Maybe there was a sort of a sort of deliberate branding choice made I there guess. because all of the other stuff is there aren't any other collaborations on there. So. I've also been playing uh, Bowie's Greatest Hits to um, Scarlett, oh. which she loves as well. Naturally, of course, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, but um, I so do I try and introduce her to as much music as possible. I try and I, I, I want to keep as diverse as possible to give her a good grounding 
Because I think I think if you're a music loving parent, that's the least you can do, isn't it? I did for a while with Noah, mm. and a lot of the stuff I showed him on YouTube to begin with when we were first introducing YouTube to him, which is a choice mm-hmm. that every parent has to make now. Yep. Um, it, it was mostly music videos, and it was quite eclectic. Lots of modern pop, and obviously lots of safe ground mm. with uh, stuff that that doesn't have bad language in, and, yep. and and stuff like that. But lots of odd odd stuff. They might be giants are in there. Bare naked ladies are in there. Although bare naked ladies aren't really odd, they're quite mainstream. They, actually, they might be giants by benefit of time mm. have become quite mainstream. They have, and they also they made some of the best children's music albums yeah. of of all time. There's at least four or five of them that are made for children. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're really enjoyable. One, here come the ABCs. Um, here come the ABCs. Here come the one, two, threes. Here comes science. We were listening to and enjoying in the car, which is where we share music the most because mm. we tend to tend to take the dogs out into the new forest for a walk at the weekends. It means that we're all in the car together for for like an hour or or so each weekend and that's that becomes our shared music space i didn't get to share that music space very much Mm. with the boys because i'm not in the car with them as much as amy is Mm -hmm. so i'm still quite happy with taylor swift and so there is some stuff we have to be careful of the stuff that we play Mm -hmm. because there is uh i realized that uh that we were listening to laura marling and there's one bad swear on yeah. the album that was being played, but luckily it was only Max in the car. And I said, you haven't been listening to this with Noah in the car, have you? She was like, well, yeah, but there's, a, there's only one. And she sings it really fast. And I'm like, yeah. that's okay. I agree, but that's also how it starts. So he's just going to learn how to swear really quickly. Well, we were, we were talking about swearing, actually. Because I think... I, I thought it was an area where Amy and I were going to disagree. Mm. But I didn't actually have a problem with swearing. In I, what I want, what I think is important is that we don't we don't swear around them yet because it's too mm-hmm. early for them to be learning words and context of words. But um, I don't actually have a problem with them hearing swear words and even using swear words. What's important is that they are. What's important to me anyway is that they don't use any words without being aware of. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the context of them, and I think the problem you've got with swearing is not how it feels around you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how it makes your kids seem to others. Yeah, when they use them in front of others, I don't want Scarlet to be thought of as this horribly uncouth young girl that can't control her mouth. No, just because it amuses me to hear her say shit or something, you know. It's oh, that yeah, and that isn't. But that's the problem: is a lot of people teach their kids. Mm. A lot of people teach their kids swear words because it's funny hearing Do a baby swear. I don't. I don't know. I mean, people people find it funny to. Well, let's let's imagine these dreadful people that we as middle class people have got in our. We all we all know the types. We see them on the bus when we're going to and from work. We know the types. James, with my nephews, yeah, because one of them couldn't say certain words, yeah properly and they sounded like rude yeah. words I uh, I wish I could remember whenever he said bridge it sounded like bitch nice so I'd just get him to talk about bridges all Smack the time my bridge up. and we did find it, it, it mm. I mean it was funny he didn't know that he was saying bridge as far as he mm. was concerned he probably just thought we were weird which I suppose we probably were but like um, 
Did we ever get to the the bottom of whether the Prodigy song Smash, Smack My Bitch Up was as dreadful as I think it might be? I think that... I... Hmm. I think... I don't think it was accidental. I think it... I think it was so deliberately wrapped up in the coolness of being shocking. And that video. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily... I think it's one of those things uh, where the Prodigy were so wrapped up in making a shocking song mm. that I, I don't think the Prodigy believe that it's okay to abuse women. I just don't think at that mm. point... And maybe still, they thought that. Do, I, do you know what I mean? I think I think there's there's a difference between saying something mm-hmm. thoughtlessly, or thinking it would be cool to be a bit shocking and a bit edgy, mm. and actually believing the thing. At point of delivery, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're like at point of delivery, it doesn't really matter what Florence and the Machines like intentions were sure. with the song "A Kiss." What was it? Uh, a Kiss from a Fist is Better Than None, which I think sure. was their first big mm. song. Um, it doesn't really matter what their intentions are if mm. if the outcome is that it sounds like a really sketchy song about, yeah. uh, domestic, abuse. about domestic abuse. I suspect that it was trying to make a point that was the opposite of that. I think, I think fundamentally, um, when you boil it down, The Prodigy just didn't make a better album than Duty Generation, did no. they? That's the... And I think they're like they were young. Can't play that, the Scarlet. Young white guys who were the young, the young guys, and they're white guys, mm. and the no, not all of them. No, oh no, they're not actually, are they? Mm. So that was a, that was a bit of a relevant racial profiling I was doing. There. Well, you only noticed the white guys, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I really did only notice. You're the white literally guys. colour blind. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking of. I only really think about Keith. Yeah, I think which I, is interesting because he was basically just a dancer up to a certain point. Wasn't also, he? is um, the the other one, the black guy. Oh right, okay. Was he? Just didn't register him at all. Yeah. Um, I like Liam because he he did all the work. But I think they, I, I think it's it's one of those things where they just like they were they were playing around that they were en- enabled to or privileged to be able to play around with some really potent stuff. Yeah. Um, well, we all were in the nineties, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, weren't we though? Not I mean, but it, uh, with, with some really potent language and, oh, and right. stuff like that. And I, I it, yeah, I think I think it's a pretty gross song. It's not one that I like listening to. No, but at the same time, it's like I don't think they were trying to say that sort of thing was okay. I think yeah. they were just being idiots. And they thought, this is going to wind people up. Yeah. Not thinking the reason it's going to wind people up isn't because yeah. you're so edgy. Yeah. It's because it's gross. Yeah, what you're is. saying is yeah. gross. Um, it's not like talking about drugs. And, you know, and I think the thing is, they occupied that sort of space, yeah. I think, where, you know, everything you're talking about is a bit naughty. Yeah. But like, talking about... Like the shaman. Yeah, talking about drug use... Mm. Because that's what you and all your mates do yeah. isn't the same as talking about that. That's they, what I think. I mean, went, for all I know, they are rampant misogynists who just they they went on a journey. The shaman from this sort of I love them this weird metaphysical sort of um, drug influenced um, dance band to this weird candy floss drugs pop band. It was weird. 
weird, very strange. It was after Matey Boy died, wasn't it? And I kind of feel they might have lost their soul then. How many of them were there? I thought there were only two of them. I thought they were like the acid pop version of the Pet Shop Boys. Well, there there was only two of them. And then, you remember the recorded Move Any Mountain? The video shoot for Move Any Mountain. The second guy, Move Any Mountain, the Shaman New Generation Approving. approving. Oh, you totally totally pissed on my flow then. I'd say that. You can be what you want to be. I pissed on your flow. Either be the rapper or be the hype man, but don't piss on someone's flow. Jesus. I'm clearly not cool enough. And yeah, Mr. C did that, and then it was the the guy, Mr. C, for the album after that, Boss Drum, wasn't it? Which uh-huh. was a weird album. What did he die of? Drowned, I think. Oh. Drowning seems to be quite a popular way for English pop people to go. Well, um, um, uh, what was his name? Jeff, um, hallelujah. Jeff Beck? Did he drown? Yeah. Did one of, uh, 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 the Joy Division how did he die or did he hang himself no he killed himself but it wasn't drowning I think Ian Curtis oh I'm really confused see I don't I, I, I think he might have hung himself see and I think it was prescription meds but I don't know should have done some research really I think before yeah we should should really you had something you wanted to talk about oh yeah uh, last week yeah in the previous show you were talking about we were talking about just progressive thinking and yes. stuff and the uh, thing that I was really preoccupied by that week, <laughs> but that we've run out of time, we ran out of time to talk about, yeah. um, was the just the Oscars race thing that's yeah. going on at the moment. You touched on something while we were talking. Um, it might it might have been on the show, or it might have been immediately afterwards, though. That because I'm. Part of, and every time I talk about this, it mm. makes me sound, uh, it makes it sound hideous. It makes it sound like I'm saying, oh, well, I've got a black friend, so, about a mm-hmm. whole group of people. But I, I, um, on Facebook, I spend a lot of time on the podcast fandom, mm-hmm. uh, podcast fandom crew group or something. I've just found it's a really, in terms of geek conversation, it's, although they are sometimes sarcastic and, uh, you know, overly critical of stuff that I quite like. Just the tone seems the nicer there, and the sort of TV they talk about is nicer. But it is a predominantly there are there are an awful lot of people of color on there. I think it's mostly American people, mm-hmm. um, uh, mostly people of color, and so of course the whole Oscars thing. I haven't been on Twitter that much over the, mm-hmm. over that time. But so most of the news I was hearing about the uh, Oscars being very white was coming up there. Yeah. And then a couple other people elsewhere on Facebook were making comments. Most of the comments that annoyed me were happening off, off, in fact, nothing annoyed me on that group. I understand why a group largely, Mm -hmm. uh, largely composed of people of color would be quite pissy about that stuff and sarcastic and sometimes really really funny mm. so um the lady charlotte rampling said oh, stupid man. stuff in french as well so, it's, it's so it sounded beautiful while oh, she was saying it oh. i didn't i just uh again i didn't look into it too much but like the quote the the sound bites i saw picked up it's quite. It, it was bad. quite funny because she, she's speaking be- in a beautiful, fluent French, and it sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. And then um, the interviewer asks her a clarifying question in regards to it, and then in very prim and proper English, no comment. 
It's like, well, you had plenty to say a second ago, darling. Well, it's... And, oh, and a bit sexist there, Nick. It's possible that I was a bit... It's possible that I was a bit sexist in my response to this, because she uh, she said stuff that I thought wasn't mm. just in the realm of uh, just being a bit older and ignorant, mm. that, that went over the line into actually obnoxious. In so much as she sounds like she belongs to a generation that genuinely believed in um, uh, white exceptionalism. Yeah, but uh, but Michael Caine was mm-hmm. caught saying stuff as well, and I think that um, I, I did I did this thing. I got really annoyed with mm. myself because, and this was probably the case for both of the articles that were shared yeah. on the group. Um, the it's I I found like because the nature of Michael Caine's comments mm-hmm. were generally softer, I could actually see that like um, he was saying I could see how from his perspective the things he was saying. So he was saying things. It comes with time. Anti Europe stuff. No, no. It, oh, it, it was, it was about, about the Oscars, Oscars. Okay. and um, and he was talking about uh, time, like that. You know, it takes time. And, you know, look at me, it took yeah. me a really long time to, to get, and so he wasn't going from the point of view of, well, yeah. he didn't, they were making similar points, but he didn't say, and I don't think he thought, well, it's an enti- entirely a meritocracy. Yeah. He sort of said, it just takes time. And that was the, and he was trying to be encouraging. Well, presumably Michael Caine doesn't think that you give, uh, black people an Oscar until he can see the white of their eyes. <laughs> well, and he was very clever, but, and he's like, and the nature of the comments just was less aggressive. Like, it felt to me like Charlotte Rampling was doubling down on a point of view. But mm. having said that, I think that she's more in the middle of it. I can, I, I don't agree with what a lot of the, um, obnoxious mm-hmm. actors have been saying. But like, they've got a lot of, they have a lot invested in the Oscars at the moment. Whereas yeah. Michael Caine is pretty much, is almost retired. I think he's, he was up for something. Yeah. But, He's always been kind Hit of... Hit replacement, wasn't it? <laughs> he's always been kind of at a distance yeah. from the whole thing. And then, and I thought, I thought it sounded like he'd been caught out, mm. really, because people were saying, oh, he didn't even know. Like, he was saying, um, he, he didn't even know who'd been nominated and who hadn't. Yeah. And then I thought, well, that's weird. Like, and people were getting annoyed that he was commenting on it because yeah. of that. And so then I went and looked at the actual interview. I didn't. I don't think I listened to it. I I looked at I looked at the article more. Oh, I hate quotes just check sources. No, 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 and and so I was looking. I was looking at it a bit more, and it was like he was being interviewed about something else. Yeah, he clearly hadn't heard much about this whole yeah. thing. And so, and there are people who say, well, if you don't know, then you shouldn't comment. But that isn't the nature of anyone. Like I, I don't the the, the nature of. The nature of existing today seems to be mm. someone asks you a question, wing it. Like it happens at work all the time. Yeah. Most people don't like to admit that they don't know what what's going on. And so he was being interviewed about something else, and then whoever was interviewing him dropped in talking about the controversy, not yeah. about the situation, but the controversy. And he started talking about it, and he said, "I mean, I'm sure there were some good black. Uh, I'm sure there were some good uh, performances by black actors last year." Idris Elba, and, and this has been kind of taken slightly mm-hmm. out of context since. He started talking about Idris Elba in the film that he mm. was up yeah. in. And in the actual interview, it's much clearer that he had just assumed mm. that that was a strong enough performance 
that he would get that Idris Elba would get nominated. Yeah, he seems genuinely doddery old man confused that the situation is as bad as it is. Sure, and I think that's the he was like hijacked. I've seen my dad do that, mm-hmm. not about race, but like. He think, and he's not the same age as Michael Caine, mm. but he isn't as quick as he used to be. He's used to being on top of things. Mm-hmm. He isn't as used to it as he used to be. So he'll be talking about something with confidence about some sequence of yeah. events that happened or something like that. And then when you call that into question, he kind of, you can see him get embarrassed, mm. but he just wings it and goes straight into something else. Normally a self-deprecating joke, which yeah, is what yeah, Michael Caine yeah. does. Yeah. Um, what was my point? It gets to an age, though, doesn't it, where there's so much social pro- programming to undo that as the world, and I think we were talking about the future being a rising road, you know, so as, as we make, as we make progress towards what is hope, hopefully a more enlightened future where, where race and gender and sexuality become irrelevant. Mm. We become human beings, and then maybe think about how we can carry on being human beings Look. and make and make homes in the stars. But um, it's uh, it's difficult. He's he's been socially programmed. Yeah, and and at the same time, the mm. way I kind of feel about it is at that future, yeah, might not happen in your and my lifetime. Oh, it certainly it's definitely won't. not going to happen in Michael Caine. No, definitely not. It's almost irrelevant what they think. Well, it should yeah. be irrelevant what they think. But the thing mm. that frustrated me about that was. I had got engaged in this conversation. Mm. Congratulations. <laughs> I had got engaged in this conversation. Other people were getting engaged in this conversation. And then, of course, it's like... He's he's not talking about whether or not black people are getting nominated. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the nature of the fuss. And the reason he's talking about that is because every interviewer talking to anyone in cinema... Yeah. ...over the period of this time is after sound bites, mm-hmm. Like that they can use to sell clicks or whatever. But at the same time, that each one is going to be forwarding, uh, furthering an agenda. It seems to me like uh, Charlotte Rampling had a point of view about this. And it seems to me like Michael Caine like, commented on it once he was asked about it. Yeah, I... But we keep doing that. It happens yeah. in comics all the time. Mm-hmm. People get asked about the controversy rather than the actual underlying situation. And they're only doing it to wind us up. I have we get wound up. That's true. I haven't I haven't heard the the Michael uh Kane comments and certainly I don't want to get into a position where I'm uh, I'm defending a guy mm. when I don't even know what he's he said. But Charlotte Rampling dropped the phrase white racism and that's Yes. That was the that line is for a me. Big fat stinky ball of Oh, you you you've chosen a side, haven't mm. you? You've chosen to decide that no, we get to keep white exceptionalism yeah. and black people should learn their place. That's what you're saying the, yeah. when you and, use that phrase. And I and I understand I understand why the group I was in uh respond to this quite mm. aggressively. And I kind of understand what the last week I mentioned the two podcasts, there's an episode of Startup. I'll put these in the show notes, uh, which mm-hmm. you can find at two twograndmen.net. Uh, which is where you can listen to all of our previous episodes. Make it your homepage today. Do yeah. people still do that? No one does no, that now, no do they? It's Google. We've um, all got Google as a homepage. There's an episode, of, Star- there's an episode of Startup. There are yeah. two Gimlet, Gimlet podcasts. Um, there are podcasts from Gimlet Media, both of which are about diversity in the workplace. Uh, there was an episode of Startup from December, mm-hmm. which is about 
that show is about Gimlet Media and how it got set up in the first place. And they're talking about, uh, they're examining their position on diversity. The fact that they're in a very liberal uh, field mm-hmm. and they all think of themselves as liberals, but their actual ethnic diversity within the workforce is really bad. And how do you address that? Yeah. Like, how do you target without tokenism? Wanted. Black friends. Yeah. And, um, and the same thing... There's a similar thing uh, in an episode of Reply All, which is another Gimlet show, which is all about uh, lack of diversity in Silicon Valley. Sure. And the, the weird that there's a, a, a black guy being interviewed who mm-hmm. had worked for Twitter, and he was talking about one of the situations. I think he was an engi- I think he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. But one of the situations he had was um, that. Uh, I think a white executive or one of, or his boss or someone mm-hmm. said to him, well, okay, so we, obviously we need to, we need to sort this out. So, uh, what we, what we should maybe do then is when we are, uh, we should come up with some sort of algorithm, cause it's Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. so that's how, we should come up with some sort of algorithm, algorithm mm-hmm. in our recruitment software. Yeah. That, um, looks at names, which is a flawed thing anyway, but looks at names. And Especially in America, because all their names are weird. Yeah, but um, that looks at names and works out someone's uh, approximate, like some some sort of scoring that works out yeah. their their uh, ethnic background, so that we can start like mm. looking more at uh, employing people who are, are yeah. ethnically diverse. And you can see how for the white guy that. That kind of made sense. He was looking at it from an engineering perspective, but but the guy the the guy who was being asked to do it was like, yeah, I feel a little bit weird about coming up with profiling software. Yeah, and, and profiling and, software. And, and what you actually need is social engineering. Yeah, because the reason I, I would assume there's more white, yeah. and I'm going to make an assumption here, but the reason there's more white can there's probably more white candidates um, because um, white people in Western culture get more opportunities. Um, in terms of education, have different expectations placed upon them. They're more likely them. to go for jobs because they consider yeah. it as a possibility. So, there you know, are all sorts of things. Any people, uh, any person of colour that's applying for these jobs, th- th- there is part of me that thinks any person of colour of color applying for one of these jobs is almost certainly going to be better because the hurdles they've had to come a- go over are that much higher. It's well, the other thing, a higher benchmark, isn't it? The other thing in the episode of Reply All that was good... Uh, was they're talking about, uh, I think it was a ketchup. Where do, where do you put your ketchup? In the um, fridge. Yeah. And, and they were saying that like the, the, the reason they mentioned that is because there mm. are differences in where people in America keep theirs than, uh, most people in America keep theirs than there are in, say, someone who lives in England mm-hmm. or apparently African Americans, I think, like t- tend what? culturally to, like we keep it, I think it's the way around is we tend to keep it in the, in one group tends to keep it in the fridge, the other group tends to keep it in a cupboard. I, th- I think the English traditionally, yeah. I, and so, and I like so to put what, candy, uh, uh, chocolate, and sweets in the fridge too. So when it when it comes to ketchup, that mm. it doesn't really make any difference. The experience isn't really different. But when the ketchup isn't there, when you've run out of it, yeah, what you are more likely to put on it, that was it. That in America they tend to put it in the fridge. Yeah. So. Uh, if you don't have any ketchup but you still want something to go on your chips but they call them yeah. fries over there then yeah. you're more likely to go with mayonnaise or something else whereas 
if you're English, you're more likely to go with some other condiment. They call chips of... crisps. Yeah, they do. Isn't it mm. weird? But anyway, that's that's a complete aside. Basically, one of the things that I liked about both of those shows was uh, that because they were trying to solve a problem and because they were largely white people trying mm. to solve a problem, but they were like self-aware enough to at least examine mm-hmm. their, try and examine their biases, you get the sense that, okay, the problem is the problem's to many of us, they're obvious problems. Like, but actually, trying to solve them or the way you address them isn't as mm-hmm. isn't that simple um, because it involves a lot of social engineering. But also, where you identify the where you identify the problem might actually just be a symptom of the problem. Yeah. And one thing you talked about in the last episode was <clears throat> when someone was talking about uh, was it a political system or something. Oh no, it was about uh, uh, capital punishment or torture or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, Ian yeah, yeah. Sharman posted something. That's that's right. I was talking about. It was the head of BAE Systems. Mm-hmm. He was being asked whether he felt that the human rights record of Saudi Arabia was acceptable or not, and I said that what the report should have asked him was, "Do people have a fundamental human right not to be tortured?" Mm. And I had a similar conversation with. The your your response to that, the way you mm. felt about it, that solution, that I think is something quite recent, the mm-hmm. way of thinking that you, you've recently come to. Yes, it is. I've I found that I found that uh, when I was talking to pe- people not in that group mm. about the Oscars thing. Mm-hmm. If we had any really good reporters, they'd maybe start doing what we're talking about as well. Because I had a friend. Uh, they don't have time though. No, the media no. doesn't work in that way. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't have time to understand how people have reached their conclusions. So you, it's very difficult to get substance. But of course, there's way more emotion in reporting than there mm-hmm. ever used than there used to be. So oh, what you sure. get is what you get is everything is delivered as if it has more gravity, mm. but with less actual substance, which for is sure. the opposite way around yeah. for how it should be. Because really, it doesn't matter what Charlotte Rampling thinks. Mm-hmm. Because because um, Robocop was right. Okay. Soundbite. Um. It it it. Oh yeah. It it. it, it it's uh, yeah. It, uh, foreshadowed. Uh, yeah. Soundbite news culture. Yeah. So. But 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 it's stupid and it doesn't make yeah. any sense and we should be better than this by now but we're not yeah. and so it's uh but so someone I know said. And I tend to not get angry about this stuff. I know people probably would just yeah. use this as a reason to write the person off. Uh, side note, I think that most people who actually suffer at the wrong end of issues mm-hmm. would prefer it if those of us who have the privilege of not being faced with those issues, yeah. those of us who are white, straight, male, etc. Yeah. I think they'd be... they. And I don't want to speak for all of them, but I think most of them would prefer that we talk to the other people like us about this rather than noisily, like, mm-hmm. deride them and fuck them off. Yeah. Because, like, they want, <laughs> they want that, us to try and change this. That will be a, 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 an understandable uh, platform for them to be on. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah. So a friend of, a friend of mine said, and obviously he was doing the same thing Michael Caine was doing, which was responding to the controversy of people being angry about this yeah. already rather than the underlying problem, rather than looking at the stats. Mm. I personally don't think the problem... Well, I've had people explain why I'm wrong about this. I think 
I don't think the Oscar. I think the Oscars are a symptom of the problem, but apparently the Oscars do drive what happens in Hollywood a little bit. But I think really what's happening is mm-hmm. the projects that are getting greenlit might be the original, might be the source of the problem. Sure, the, there aren't that many. There aren't any films with starring starring or made by pe- people of color. Well, the Academy are power brokers. Yeah, and the Academy are made up predominantly of older white men. Mm-hmm. And they tend to see you tend to see what you see. Yeah, you, you tend to see what looks familiar to you. But at the same time, although there were a couple of egregious cases of uh, predominantly black films, like black starring or black directed mm-hmm. or whatever films being nominated, but then it being a white person <laughs> involved with it who got nominated, which is awful. But the truth is there are there are probably loads more uh I'm not saying Oscar worthy mm. because I don't know what the value of an Oscar is really. I mean I know what the value mm-hmm. the value is probably great monetary money wise, but in terms of awards I think they're bullshit. So it's kind of um except the podcast ones, they're really important. Uh but the I think there are there are probably Way, way more Oscar contender movies, yeah. like movies that are a certain um, certain weightiness or whatever, that are almost entirely white films. Then there are, but it's like, yeah, it's black content, black yeah. black contender movies. But that's because there are so few, yeah, and, few and, black films and, being and made. Cu- and culturally, again, it's a higher bar. You think yeah. like, is it? Um, is it? I, I forget Dane Cook who makes. I forget the name of the guy who makes. He makes some um, uh, movies. Predominantly for a black audience. Don't and, think that's Dan Cook. And, and that, I oh, no, that's, I think he's a white stand-up, isn't yeah. he? Oh, goodness, I can't think. But they're made for predominantly a, um, black audience and you could describe them as, you know, lowbrow mm-hmm. comedies. And when I watch Americans sort of ragging on movies, way more often you see people snarking about those movies. But it's like, well, have you seen any earnest films? Yeah, they're rubbish. They're fucking awful. Yeah, and the market you know, isn't the and, market isn't that and shit that plays yeah. to rednecks, but it doesn't get as much heat as these films that play. Yeah. To, so already, even at the lowest common denominator, you've got to be a beer. You, your bar is set much higher yeah. um, in terms of derision. So, and if if a person of color wants to be something other than one of the roles that are are like generally they're funneled towards they have to make them themselves yeah which costs a lot of money so it's sort of so there's that but so this friend of mine uh made the argument and it's not a dissimilar argument to the one that michael kane or charlotte rampling made and you hear loads of people saying it well uh is it is it possible that uh you know is it possible that they really did just choose the best people for the jobs though Mm-hmm. And you know, I've kind of been not necessarily about race, but I've been on that side of the conversation a long time ago. You know, yeah. But the and I didn't, I don't agree with him. Yeah. But I kind of had an option at that point. I could get angry with him, which wasn't really going to solve anything and would make like dinner parties awkward, or. The thing I really wanted to... The, the thing I ended up asking him... Well, I didn't really end up asking him. But the way I, the way I looked at it was the way you looked at the... The way you looked at the... Uh, the, the situation with the interview you were talking yeah. about. I don't think this guy's racist. 
but I think he's got an overcooked sense of how fair things are. Yeah. And most of us have an overcooked sense of how fair things are until we see evidence to the contrary. Yeah. So the question, the way I framed the conversation with him afterwards... Sorry, Tyler Perry is the... All right, okay. Sorry. So the way I framed the conversation afterwards with him was wasn't well look at all these films though look at so what what are you saying that the black guy who was in creed uh, mm. or, or who directed creed yeah. didn't deserve an art because there are like three films that it's insanity stallone's got the nod ahead of yeah, ahead yeah, of any true. of the other individuals in that film which is i haven't seen it but it's supposed to be a very good movie but if you're michael kane mm. or someone who's a bit of an old lag you might think there is a way of looking at that as fair mm. because the Oscars, the way everyone's talked about the Oscars until the race mm. um, issue uh, came up again, uh-huh. uh, was the idea that uh, uh, little Leonardo DiCaprio has to get it this time because it's his turn. That's uh-huh. the way people talk about yeah, the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, if Sylvester Stallone's in a film that's Oscar worthy. I know. I think I don't know if Rocky got him. I don't know if he's had it before. No, I'm pretty sure Rocky got. He picked up a. Oh, cool. Okay. So, okay. So it wasn't his turn. But I can I can see an argument that says, well, but he's been around for he's been doing so much for years and hasn't got an an award. Of course, he deserves one because that's how people think of the Oscars. But that's not my point. But no, it is a it is a like it's a it's a closed club that works in that way where like they will make you wait for your turn. So the way I um the way I ended up putting it was I'm not going to argue for one of those three films because yeah. that sounds pathetic as well because the issue there is mm. there are only three films you can bring up mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's yeah it's it's ridiculous that there are only three films you can bring up and that's yeah. the problem and it kind of sounds a bit mealy mouthed and that's not I'm not going to lecture him about it but the one thing I did say was the, the question I had to ask at that point was so regardless of who's in films and stuff do you think that there are no black people who are talented enough yeah. to have been, you know, talented enough actors to have been. Sure. Actually, I didn't frame it that way. This friend of mine is half Chinese. So what, what I actually said Which to him... Which uh, I'm not sure, because he's, like, really big. All right. Um, <laughs> which is ethnic. <laughs> That's really <it>. Yeah. <laughs> ethnic stereotyping of me. But, like, he's... He, he really, he's really tall, you know, but, for uh, a, but he's the, five foot eight, so for the, a Chinese... But the thing but. I said to him was, do you think that the reason... Okay, so that's fair. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it is a meritocracy. Mm. I don't think it is. But if it's a meritocracy, do you think that the reason... What I said to him was... Yeah, and the reason that you don't see anyone who looks like you as the protagonist mm. in like in, in any sitcoms or mm-hmm. or films or anything is because there aren't any ch- talented Chinese yeah. half Chinese people that's why is what you are saying that there aren't any yeah. Oscar talented black actors most people would flinch from saying that mm. but if they say yes to that then you can say well then you're racist I can't think of a category where I wouldn't have voted for John Boega I don't just is, is, are Star Wars films ever up for anything but like Oh, te- no, it's always technical stuff. But I, John Boyega for me would have so was just Furious, because I love him so much. Was Fast and was Fast and the Furious because there are like Fast, Fast and the Furious, the, the, right? the biggest, the some of the biggest films mm. like money wise in the last couple of years yeah. have been ones with diverse cast. No, I think Cameron but, gets to pick up like director gongs for his um, epics. Um, Avatar, I really enjoyed, the, sorry, just a really enjoyed, um, you know, our valued customers, the guy he works, Mr. Tim, works in a comic book shop and then oh, does yeah. sketches based on what the customers say. 
this guy saying I've been to see Star Wars twice because I like it, three and four times because I want Avatar not to be the top rated <laughs> film all the time. I and I totally know where that guy's coming from. What a shit film it was. But I get I guess so what I liked about what you said last week is that it mm. goes towards it goes towards that right. We can argue about the Oscars thing. Mm-hmm. And and it's a good thing to argue about or it's a good thing yeah. to discuss. It's important to discuss it. But we don't have that much control of it beyond where we spend our money and stuff like that. So it'll be it'll be good when people like William H Macy, like like successful white actors, start commenting. Oh, on it, it doesn't matter where we spend our money. We don't. We don't, consum- we don't okay, of consumers so of films, we, we don't, don't any, we don't have a say. Okay. As as um, thinkers and talkers, mm-hmm. we kind of we can have our say, but 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 we can examine rather than just dismissing the people mm. who say stuff that don't agree with us. Mm. We can start like asking them more direct questions about yeah stuff absolutely because most of the people we know aren't actually monsters. Yeah, I I understand why when you've heard the same stuff from the same people over and over, it normally happens with work colleagues. Mm-hmm. You would rather just not bring it yeah. up because why why would you keep putting yourself through that? Yeah. And some people are just dumb. I hate to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, stereotype. But no, some it's, people are it's just really stupid. true. No, it's really true. But like, you have a choice, and if you think that someone, if someone isn't is smart enough or nice enough or yeah. interesting enough that you started talking to them in the first place, then sometimes it's worth examining, asking them questions that make them think. Because actually, loads the of conversation people, has to go to yeah. the right level. And if you start at a higher level because you've made loads of assumptions, because you're a free-thinking liberal and you know right-thinking as we would see it, you you kind of have to remember that a lot of your beliefs no matter how right you think they are are built up on upon assumptions you yeah. make and decisions you've made in time in terms of your thinking so if if someone you know says something i guess i guess what i'm saying is if someone you know says something racist like that yeah. or for me anyway like mm-hmm. if someone i know says something ideologically wonky doesn't have to be yeah. about race or that i think is ideologically wonky if I care enough about that person's opinion, yeah, or if I care enough about them to engage with them about mm-hmm. it, I'm probably going to ask the most direct questions because I could argue, like I could, argue, I could argue, and I already know it would probably be an argument I would lose mm-hmm. about the relative merits of the films that came out last year. Yeah, like if I start arguing at that level with someone, mm-hmm. there weren't enough black films for it for it to really work yeah. out. And like, and and you are sort of arguing about that. But if you sort of, uh, if you sort of examine that person's like root, like the root cause of, because most people don't think of themselves as racist, and most no. people aren't actually racist, but they do have that bi- those biases yeah. in place. And there's this, there is that sense of fairness. You want these systems to be meritocracies, mm-hmm. even if, even if when confronted with the evidence, mm-hmm. you realise that they aren't. Yeah. You you want um you I, there's that weird thing that happens in uh. There's that weird thing that happens in America, and it happens here actually, where piss poor people at the bottom end of society vote for conservative ideas. Mm. And the reason they vote for the, the, those conservative ideas aren't because they affect them, it's because those ideas tend to be based in like this idea that if you, if you are, if you have merit, you will 
you know, if you work hard or you're successful, then you will benefit. And they kind of imagine that they might be on the receiving end of that. And the fear of the other. Well, there's that. There's the fear of the other. But I mean, like, the economic... Like, like the idea of... The, well, no, well, no, you look at our last general election. Mm. I, in my opinion, it, it was won entirely on fear of the other. Sure. But there's that weird thing where there's that. What I'm saying is there's that weird inconsistency where people who are on the sh- who are yeah. most often on the shitty mm-hmm. end of conservative yeah. policy yeah. tend to gravitate mm-hmm. towards that, and it's all about aspiration because yeah. they believe that if we're in this situation where people who are good mm. uh, will like benefit, could yeah. get rich, and and be able to piss on everyone yeah. else. Um then that's a, a structure that kind of makes sense and they might yeah. one day be like... Yeah, and you I don't know, to, It's the American dream, You really, really. need to realise there is no meritocracy. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and, and that, that's the, that's the mm. problem. That's where I think most of that inconsistency, inconsistency, inconsistency mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah. Also, fear of the other, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it would be nice if it did work that way. I think it would be nice if there were meritocracy. That's a utopian dream. Yeah. But, um, but one that I think is is we're capable of working towards. It's just like you said, it's a long, slow struggle, and we probably won't be alive to see how it ends. But in Star Trek if times, indeed it ever's, in Star ever Trek does. times, I think yeah. it's all sorted. It, oh, I think absolutely. a lot of people have to die before then. That mm. was another interesting thing that came up a, a couple of weeks ago. There are some uh, Star Trek is a weird universe. And I'm sure people have talked about this loads before because it's the idea is that Earth is yeah. quite a utopian place where everything's nice. And the idea is that it's all uh, like racism and all of those things are stamped out. But you still have people saying really shitty things about Ferengis. Like yeah. all, all Ferengis <laughs> yeah. are yeah. such and such. Yeah. All Vulcans are such and such. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a little bit sketchy. No, you're definitely right. There's some out-and-out out, um, uh, Vulcan racism, I think, in Search for Spock. Oh, oh, they smell different and all that sort of thing. Oh, no, sorry. It's, um, what's the one with the purple blood? Um, it, Klingons? No. Well, yes, Klingons have purple blood. It's um, Star Trek, The Undiscovered Country, I think. Oh, but there's a, which but that is, is a, a good one, though. It's a good bottle film, if you know yeah. what I mean. Sort yeah. of like out of the episode, it's a great bottle film. It, it's lovely. Uh, I think we finished last week's show because you needed a wee. You need a wee now. I don't really you? need a wee. We should finish um, your show then. I feel like uh, I need a wee too, actually. So we, we can't go, go at the same time. No, never I don't cross want to interrupt the streams. Flow that way. Yeah. Uh, listener, thank you for listening uh, to two white men talk about race. Um, I'm. Uh, I should uh, add because I don't think it's ever very clear. The these are the standards I hold myself to. Other people can think however they want. I'm not. Like James, I don't think everyone should have the same opinions oh, as me. Oh, that's not true. I'm my life There's is a call back a co- to three or four episodes. Fair enough. My life is a constant quest to be better. <laughs> oh, but you are better. You're better than nearly everyone. No, I'm never good enough. Well, you're better than me. It's a great thing about self-loathing. It really motivates you to be better because you you're never good enough. Do you feel that yeah because no. you've been <laughs> okay? Right. Uh, thank you, listener, for being so patient. Uh, we shall. See you next week. Bye. Hopefully. Bye.